Welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich, celebrating life, art, creativity, and people with passion for what they do. As we record today, we're nearing the second full month of quarantine due to the coronavirus pandemic. And I've been reaching out to friends and colleagues who are waging the good fight as the strain bears down on all. You're going to love today's guests, Angela Perry and Lisa Lobel. They're co-owners of New England's largest casting company, Boston Casting, working on major films and TV series, commercials both local and national, voiceovers, and a whole lot more. And Boston Casting provides an extensive roster of performance classes for adults and teens. You're about to hear from two award-winning casting directors who are upbeat about the future of the business. And I love them both. Angela and Lisa, I invite you to join me on mic. I am so thrilled to have both ladies, what captive attention we have during this pandemic, to have both Angela Perry and Lisa Lobel, co-owners of the fabulous Boston Casting, the largest casting company in New England. Guys, how are you holding up during what has become somewhat of a historic period? Let's start with you, Ange. What's going on? Well, lucky for us, we're still working. So we're working from home. You know, we've got a few little jobs that came in. So Boston Casting is still strong and we are working through the new norm, I guess, which is working from home. So it's like do a job, wash the floors, do a job, (laughs) put a roast in the oven, do a job, make the beds. It's That's crazy. more than one job at a time. That's the problem. Right. I'm poop by the end of the day. I'm doing everything, including the trash, the yeah. floors. Lisa, how about you? How's life for you? Um, you know, it's good. It's like Angela said, it's busy. So I think balancing the, you know, I have three grown teenage and grown kids at home. And so it's dinners, laundry, dishes, along with trying to keep the business moving forward. Um, so Angela and I do a lot of calls, a lot of marketing, Zoom calls, clients, you know, and jobs that are coming in. So we're, we're getting it all done. Well, here's a question right off the bat. What is the industry going to be doing, do you think, in the next three to six months, not just in Boston, but around the world? Because show business is, is, is a business and there are so many aspects of it that have been shut down. Any indication, Angela, as to what might be coming up, how they might be getting back into the swing? LA is opening in July. Uh, LA is opening in August, I mean. So I think prepping in August, shooting in September. That's the goal. Uh, We were on a lot of big, big projects when this all went down. So everything, one by one, they paused. But we've been hearing from them, and they are looking to start back up again. Our best guess, like Angela said, is prepping in August. I think we will change our practices a lot. We will be casting a lot more from self-tapes, um, Zoom auditions. We will do in-studio auditions, but they'll be with social distancing and spread apart and, you know, lots of different protocols that we didn't have before. But I will say, I, I think Hollywood has some of the smartest, most creative people. You know, they can shoot from planes and blow up highways. And, you know, so I do feel like we're in good hands with the smartest people who mm. really make things happen. And we are, we are, thirsty for content. 
So I, I have been wondering, I'm not the only one, how they're going to do love scenes coming up in the near future. Uh, CGI yeah. or body doubles or uh... temperature. <laughs> no, they'll be doing a lot of testing, I'm sure. And make yeah. everyone safe. Yeah, let's talk about the business, though, because I really wanted to have you guys on for the longest time to talk about casting and address the needs of the casting director, what you look for and what people should be thinking about if they have projects that they want to cast. First of all, you mentioned film. Let's start there. Uh, such a long, amazing list of, of movies. What happens when a movie, an individual from a movie group calls you? What's the first step? How does the process work? Well, first they call and see if we're available. And then they send us the script. And usually I'd say the first um, six to nine characters come out of L.A., and then we do the rest. On Defending Jacob, we cast 125 local speaking roles. So everybody got work on that. It was so amazing. You know, Pete Berg, when we do all his movies with um, Mark Wahlberg, we also put hundreds of people to work with speaking roles. That's not to mention the extras. We usually do like 2,000 extras per show. So. You know, it's changing. Before, they used to bring in a lot of people from New York, but now the actors in Boston are getting so good and they have so many opportunities that we have actors in Boston that now become supporting, get supporting roles and have weeks and weeks on these shows. So we've really, the actors, thank you, have really stepped it up. Well, we see, Lisa, faces that we recognize in, say, Peter Berg films or David O. Russell films. I have a lot of friends who have had speaking roles who are, you know, part-time actors and broadcasters. Boston, you guys have cultivated this great market here, Lisa, yeah, for Hollywood. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, adding on to that, directors do um, tend to go back to people that they work well with, you know. Our clients, directors, producers come back to us. They also tend to gravitate towards some of the actors who really stepped up and did a great job for them. So they'll want to see them back again. Or, you know, we have a lot of calls with directors of what, what each role is going to look like, you know, who and feel, you know, you might think it's just one or two lines, but the director has a really clear vision of how that's going to move the story forward. So we talk a lot about how he or she sees it. And then we bring in lots of choices and it takes a lot of twists and turns and till we come up with the perfect right. person. It's important to state, this is not just, oh, here's a picture this guy has a voice, we will cast him. Angela, you said you read the script. I mean, we always hear about actors. Well, I'm reading a lot of scripts these days, but you really read and know the product so that you can bring the right people in, I assume. Yes, and usually when I read the script, whoever comes to my mind, usually when I'm reading it, usually gets the role. <laughs> so weird. That's because, well, you're so good at it. You've yeah. been doing it for so long. I know. And you, and 40 you know years. I've been doing, oh. I've been in the business for 40 years. No, more than that now. I've been in the business 45 years and I've been casting for 35 years. It's like crazy. Imagine that. She's 47 years old <laughs> and all of this. I know. Since I have to stop so talking about my age. <laughs> You know, it's 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 so fun. We'll stay on films for a second. Uh, you've got such an amazing roster and more to come. But I recently saw a film that I absolutely loved, and I can't believe you guys cast it only because of where it was shot, apparently. The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. A crazy <laughs> title, but it's Sam Elliott, and I had to watch it. You watched uh, it. Oh, that's awesome. I loved it. I thought it was a campy, culty kind of thing. It but was but uh, 
question, that film appeared to be shot elsewhere. Maybe it wasn't, or does it matter where the film is shot? Are you it, guys casting for films in other areas? It was areas? shot in Western Mass, Jordan. No that was kidding. a Massachusetts local film, 100%. I would nev never yeah. have guessed. And another one, too, I'm just asking one more because there's so many great ones, but there's a film called Black Book, which is a, a Nazi-era thriller. I believe you guys, it's on your roster, I think, of independent films. And I'm thinking, you do everything from Ted with, with Mark to a film like that. I mean, there's no, the range is what I'm talking about. There's just an incredible amount of mm -hmm. creative stuff going on. And we've and that must every be sports genre except hockey, but we're going to be well, doing hockey this year because hopefully we're going to be on Casey Sherman's um, film Turk about Derek Sanderson. Oh, excellent! But we've done football, basketball, baseball. There, <laughs> there was a hockey scene in Stronger. They did shoot at the Bruins a few <laughs> days. It wasn't about well, hockey, but. but there the, were definitely some brewing The, the baseball shots. film you've got to be thinking about is Fever Pitch, right? Oh, that was amazing. We That's had part to fill of Fenway history. Park. I know. You filled Fenway Park. How do you do that? How, how does oh that done? God. I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't even... Did we have email back then? I think so. <laughs> I think email had just come out. I don't know. It's a lot of phone calls. It's, it's phone <laughs> stations. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of interns and it's a lot of phone stations. An organization. Have, even when they say they'll do it, you need a verbal confirmation. So, What is the role of an extra? Let's talk about that for a second, because you mentioned in most cases, 2,000 people are, on average are needed for a film, let's say a major film. What, what does extra mean? What are they expected to do and what do they get paid? You want to take that, Lisa? Well, now we, now we call them background artists. We don't like extra because they're really important, you know? Um, Oftentimes, directors are now giving um, extras or background artists backstories, you know, give, having them really um, feel who they are during the shoot. So rather than calling it an extra, which is just a body, um, it's really more involved than that and more creative than that. You know, we are extras teams really look at what is this scene and who would be mm. in this scene and what would they look like and what would they feel like and you know we're not just throwing bodies at a movie that's that's very interesting you said that there was a wonderful tv series ricky gervais called extras i'm sure you're familiar with it and he pokes fun at that whole lifestyle in britain but i'm glad to hear that that people are getting more respect from what i've heard there's a lot of waiting around and this you know oftentimes you you're on set for a whole day before you get a chance to shoot time consuming and so forth for people who have the time and the opportunity and have the talent, it's somewhat reasonable. Lisa, what are people getting paid these days? Yeah, I think, um, well, the non-union rate is still typically minimum wage, but again, mm -hmm. it's not that hard. <laughs> and then if you're in SAG, you know, it's, um, I don't even know what it is, Ange, what is it, 200? Yeah, about 200, then over the the time. Yeah, then no, that, that, overtime, weekend pay. Um, right. Yeah, it's a great way to sort of, if you're between jobs, like a lot of people are right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> think about it, you know? What, um, what Angel? Oh, go ahead, Angel. You I started out as an extra. I was in Spencer ah. Fahaya. was my first job. Herb With Robert Yurick. Yeah, oh, Robert Yurick. It was... Uh, like, I loved it. Like, be on set with all the movie stars, make a hundred bucks, get a hot lunch. Who's better than you? 
was that the the impetus to get you into this business? Do you think? I know you've done stand up. Well, no, I always knew I wanted to be an actress when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I was always putting on plays in my neighborhood. Miss Bossy. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Lisa? What's your personal background that leads you to this? I met Angela um, through my husband. I was a teacher. I was a preschool teacher in my first career. And my husband's a producer and was good friends and work colleagues with Angela. And she got a huge film that was the biggest of her career. And she needed assistance. And I was off for a summer. And I joined her casting extras on Celtic Pride in 1995. And um, I just loved it again. Like Angela said, I got the bug. I loved being part of something that was going to be a film that would last forever. Um, and she took a break after that. That wore her down. That was a brutal project. And I said, I want to stay on. And she said, well, I can't pay you right now. The movie's over. And I don't know. We'll have to market and get more work. And I called my dad and he said, well, if the phones are ringing, there's a business and you just have to figure it out. And that's exactly what we did. We, the phones were ringing, the headshots were coming in and we knew we were smart and creative and we just worked and made it happen. Well, nobody works harder than you guys. I, I've been associated with you for decades and I know how quick and fast and, and needed things are, right, Angie? I mean, the right. turnaround is amazing. Well, Everyone needs everything three days from yesterday. Right. Which is crazy. But then again, that's showbiz, I suppose. What about TV series? Spencer for Hire was a huge deal because it was all shot here, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Very unusual. Mm -hmm. um, and we've always heard that Boston is, is great, but they sometimes shoot Toronto to make it look like Boston. How have things evolved over the years with the tax implications and so forth? Uh, and where are we now? That's a loaded question. I asked you a bunch of things there, but how's the climate for TV? Great. It's great. If, as long as our tax incentive stays strong, they will come here. Hollywood is all about the dollar, all about mm -hmm. the dollar. We have uh, Spencer Confidential, which Mark is reprising the Robert Urich role. Yes. Has, uh, it's the biggest film on Netflix watched, watched by 84 million people. And they've got two more that they're, they're slated to do. So they and they're all going to be done here? They're all going to be shot here, yes. Well, like Spencer's a Boston-centered character. Yeah, Defending Jacob, they shot the whole thing here. Lisa's got mm. the society going. We've got, uh, there's so much coming here because, you know, they're, they're saving a lot of money coming here. So Yeah, and we've proved ourselves with the cast and crew. You know, they come and it all goes smoothly. You know, we have talent in the crew, talent with the local cast, and you know, with the tax incentives, they just keep coming back. There's nobody who has a bigger Rolodex if there are such things anymore than you, Angela, and you, Lisa. And that's that's a credit to just dogged hard work. It's it's probably one of the less appreciated jobs in the movie and television industry, from what I can tell. Uh, much like publicity, it's a lot of slogging, but you guys do an amazing job. Lisa, you mentioned you were a teacher in a previous life, and that brings us to another big aspect of your work as a casting company, and that is educational uh, opportunities, teaching people how to do some of these things better. In general, what is the goal? What is the mission? Well, you know, that was sort of part of my initial, yeah, I'll stay on and make this happen, because I realized as films continue to come back, you know, you mentioned David O. Russell, we can't continue to show him the same, you know, 
30 or 40 fantastic actors that he saw on the last film. So our mission is to help the actors continue their training, you know, to get up to the next level. You know, you were, you were an extra, well, let's get you a, a one-line speaking role and let's, you know, and what do you really need to get there? And how can we help you? Angela, maybe you can even fill in just some of the specific courses because it really is the place that I send many people to for guidance, for help, for instruction. We have actors almost like on a, a program. Like if you want to become an actor, the first place we tell you to start is with an improv class. Once you do an improv class, then we go into the fundamentals of acting, which helps you build a base. And then after fundamentals, we people should go into a commercials class, how to do commercials, then a scene class, how to do film work, then private training, or Rachel teaches um, method acting. We have acting classes for kids. Our kids' acting classes are off the charts. We have Lorna Brunel, who is probably one of the best teachers I've ever come across. And the kids literally skip when they would leave Boston Casting, <laughs> skip out the door, they'd be so happy after taking one of her classes because she has this innate ability to empower these kids, like all of our teachers do. People all leave our classes really um, well, well armed to tackle a good script. So yeah, it's been amazing. We built that, That's that like 30 years ago. And that's bostoncasting.com with everything there that people want to check oh, out. Voiceovers, which is really big right now. We're getting a lot of voiceover right. work because they're taking old footage and just retooling it. So the voiceover classes that we have going on right now are amazing. Known many and still know many of your instructors. I've done a little teaching at your place over the years, and I can vouch for the fact that uh, there is none better in the in the New England area than you guys in terms of training. Um, I wanted to ask a few more things. One is, what should a prospective actor looking for work have in his or her toolkit these days? What's important? Obviously, the lucky break is the most important thing, but Angela, we'll start with you. What prereqs do you recommend people think about? A good headshot and confidence. And you gain confidence by actually t treating this like a business. You know, if you're an actor, you're really an entrepreneur because now you've entered into a new realm of work called show business, two separate words. So if you treat it like a business, like you would treat anything else, you'll become successful. And one, one of the biggest things is if you come into that audition room nervous, you're done. You're done. Mm. I teach Have a, a whole class on that. I teach a whole breaking into the business, like how to make money as an actor and also how to command the room and have confidence. Lisa, anything to add to that? I mean, um, there's a lot that she covered. I think, yeah, I agree with all of that. And then a, a real complete acting resume. You know, we read those top to bottom. Other things that you've been cast in really let us, are like a window into who you are. You know, we're, we're looking at a flat headshot. Then we see the back and we see the roles that you've played on stage, characters that you've played in the past, and we get more of a sense of who you are. So complete those resumes. Every time you do something new, put it on there because it just tells us a little bit more about you. Thrilled to know that you guys are so busy as I am in the uh, world of COVID-19 pandemic, uh, soon to be over, hopefully. But I'm also excited to hear as we started the conversation that 
things are slated to come back and roaring back. The one thing that we need in this world is entertainment. It's not going to go away. I have a couple of uh, fun questions for you. I'm often interviewing big celebrities, and occasionally I get a little starstruck. Occasionally. Elise, I'll start with you. You meet all these actors and directors. Who among them, if any, uh, have set your heart to flutter? Bradley Cooper was a tough one. I, I, I did a table read. <laughs> Angela and I did a table read for um, American Hustle with Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner. Mm. I, he walked in and that was like, whoa. <laughs> he yeah, he's... Me, I didn't know he was six foot two. He was like a statue. Um, and yeah, we were just like, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, that was... Yeah, that's good. Fun. That's a good one. How about you, Ange? You've been at this for a while. Anybody? I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get me at all. I'm not starstruck at all. All I really care about is the business and building the business and growing the business. But I will tell you, I am in awe of Chris Evans. I think he is the handsomest guy I have ever seen and he is the handsomest guy in Hollywood and he is as nice as he is handsome you know my mother would say handsome is as good as handsome does and he's well, as nice as he is because he comes from an it, Italian family that's why he's a nice guy a commercial with uh Kaczynski and yeah and one we cast that we cast you, that of course you did yeah. <laughs> the smart girl was great pack. smart pack Smart pack. Oh, man. I must say, uh, you mentioned Mark Wahlberg. I mean, his family is famous for doing a lot for the community these days. And right. I, I think Krasinski's doing his amazing work online during this pandemic. Good news segments. Uh, we have some good people, not only in front of the camera, but behind right. the scenes as well. A lot of them started with us. John Krasinski started his career with us. He used to come in once, twice, three times a week. He was like our go-to guy. He was right. such a good actor back then. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he, I'm sure he's not the only, I'm sure he's not the only name you can point to over right. the years. Right. Well, there are many. Yeah. I'm thrilled to connect with you guys and know that you're doing well and know that Boston casting is thriving and will thrive and uh, your list of movies and TV adventures are only going to grow. Any final words, Angela, for an audience out there that is desperate to see more product and excited about the future? We miss you. Just <laughs> everybody to go yeah. from the hustle and bustle of having probably 20 people working in the 18 to 20 people working in the office, have that hallway filled with anywhere from 80 to 500 people during the course of a week to just be in home cleaning my sock drawer. I'm like, <laughs> done. I want to go back to work. <laughs> Yeah. Gee, no one would ever guess that you'd be the shy and retiring type. Yeah. You're not by any stretch. No, no, no. But you, Lisa, any closing um, words? I think I'll just add if you know, if this piqued interest to anybody and they they're not on file with us, go to bostoncasting.com and you click talent application and it's free. You can fill out a basic um account and then we'll be able to search for you for all of our projects. And here's what I say. Sharpen the saw. This is your time to to really get it down take a class if this is what you've always wanted to do but never had the time now's the time take a voiceover class take a fundamentals class take a commercials class really try to sharpen the saw while you're home and you have this time yeah we're doing all these classes by zoom so 
You don't have to well, go anywhere. Not only great advice, but wonderful pep talk for the world out there who listen to this podcast. Lisa and Ange, thank you so much, guys. Thank God bless. Be well, and we'll talk soon. Talk to you. Okay, bye. bye now. Lisa Lobel and Angela Perry, the best casting agents in the business, in my humble opinion. Visit bostoncasting.com for more. And uh, who knows? When you look in the mirror, you may be looking at the next big star. On Mike is produced at Chart Productions Boston with help from Ken Carberry and Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media. I thank you for listening and as always remind you to be well so you can do good. This is Jordan. Take care.